0: Uh, As the one of the few lucky musicians, I think, in India, who got into Bollywood without any struggle, <laughs> it was so easy for me. Right. Yeah. In fact, you were invited to. I was invited to come. come yeah. Right. yeah. So from then on, it's the my started my uh, my stint with Bollywood music, mm-hmm. film music started. I learned a lot actually about Indian music. Actually that was my first sort of, because I had never bothered about Indian music okay. before that yeah but this was the time I heard a lot of Indian music uh, classically based Indian music also because uh, in that orchestra there were people like Hari Prasad Chaurasya yeah sitting over there in the flute section yeah wow. Shiv Kumar Sarma all these people yeah because it was a uh, daily wage no okay. so they would sit there all day and adiban was that kind of a guy who wanted good musicians to be in his orchestra to be around him mm-hmm. like it was the kind of he who would get inspired by that so he wanted good musicians to be there whether they had a part or not in the song didn't matter okay Adi beside was i used to watch him he used to practice like without sound to <laughs> so practice for hours like that practicing all the time sitting and practicing all the time and uh, we had 3 4 key- keyboardists kersi lord and saranjit singh and all that and i was one of them and uh, but whenever there was a piano solo required there was a pianist over there actually okay Mike Machado, I think, yeah, Mike Machado, a nice fellow, passed away. Yeah. And, but whenever there was a piano solo required, Pancham, R.D. used to call me to play, play, I played So from that 79 onwards, all the piano that you hear, solos and stuff like that in the songs, all are played by me. Yeah, oh. that time, I was given that opportunity. So I learned, uh, I heard these uh, big, big orchestrations, which was very inspiring for me actually because I was never in that environment. I was just in the small band, six-piece band and playing my stuff. So it was an eye-opener for me. So expanded my uh, sense of music and uh, so I quite enjoyed it and uh, for that time uh, and then uh, what was more Interesting and, uh, of course, bringing happiness to the family and wife and all that Mm -hmm. was the money that was earning. And I I say it now even, I have always said it, I discovered money when I came to Bombay. Before that, I didn't care about money and I was living hand to mouth. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was no savings in the bank. There was no bank account at all. Mm -hmm. There was no car, there was no house, staying in a rented place. Of course, Blue Fox uh, gave me an apartment to stay in. So, I mean, living hand to mouth, there was nothing, no savings, nothing. But we were so happy because we were playing that music every night, you know.
1: That kept you on. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. That was so inspiring for me. So, I very fondly remember those days and that changed when I came to Bombay. In Bombay, we
1: have always faced accommodation issues, I mean, for decades. So, even when you came in, did you find it easy to find a place for yourself or did RD help you?
0: Or? No, it was very easy to oh, get a rented place. Okay. Yeah, okay. and then I had the money, right. so I could, <laughs> so that, that's the thing that, kept my family very, very happy and wife as I said, oh God, wow, this is great. Like hey, <laughs> what I was earning in a month in Calcutta, I was earning in a day over here. Uh-huh. That kind of a change. Yeah. And R.D. Burman was at the peak of his popularity.
1: And he was good a good pay also in terms of. No
0: problem. No problem. Daily wage, daily, everybody was paid every day. He was at the height of his popularity. And he was working every day, doing recordings every day. Mm. So we were fine, actually.
1: Yeah, it was great. Did other musicians accept you easily, thinking that oh, he's come from Calcutta? How, how come, you know, he's a new guy? And no. He doesn't know anything of Bollywood. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I never heard any of those kind of comments from anybody. Okay. Got friendly with everybody. And there were a lot of jazz musicians playing
1: mm-hmm. already
0: in the orchestra. And I, when I came in, they were very happy. They sort of welcomed me and uh, there was like Franco Vaz and uh, who is that? Peter Dias. Peter Dias, James Dana, Peter Dias. Uh, on bass. Mm-hmm. They were all jazz musicians actually. And so during the lunch break, I would sit on the piano and Franco on drums, him on bass. Yes. And we had a session okay. over there, jazz session. Okay. And a lot of times R.D. used to come and just listen to us. Casey okay. Lord also used to play drums. So we used to have those sessions. It was nice, mm. great fun. So I got friendly with, I mean, all the musicians really. Yeah, they accepted me, thank goodness. yeah, Yeah, yeah it was nice. And uh, so that continued for a while. But what I was missing was uh, my jazz playing, actually. Mm. That uh, What I used to do in Blue Fox in Calcutta. Right. So, luckily, uh, an offer came from one of the hotels. Okay. They were looking for a band. And uh, so I accepted that and... I brought in bras, some of my guys from Calcutta okay. and I formed my band in in this C Rock Hotel. Okay. At that time. Sea okay. Rock Hotel. The room was called Captain's Table, I think, yeah. And so my day was like in the morning go for Adi Burman's recording. In the night change into a suit, go to the nightclub. And next morning, same thing. And I had this electric piano, which I used to cart around. Oh, you had to? From R.D. R.D. Berman liked the sound also. He said, you must play that that Rhodes piano of yours. Bring it, bring it, bring it for my recordings. So I used to take it there, bring it back, take to the hotel (laughs) in the morning again back to... I mean, it was tough. So that's why I tell my boys... I paid my dues and we were staying in a place where there was no lift, third floor in the night. I used to carry that piano, two of them one by one up to the house.
1: This is a daily
0: thing. Daily thing. (laughs) So paid my dues, really. yeah. So, uh, this is a band so this band thing was happening and the party moment was happening and then one fine day somebody came and said, I want you to write for an ad film. Uh, it's a short 30 second film yeah." and I wanted to kind of a jazzy kind of a, I know you're a jazz man. He knew me from Calcutta guy, Darmesh, I think his name was, he also passed away I think. And so, I said, I'll give it a try. So, there in that studio only, where we used to record with R.D. Berman, seeing the film on a big screen, I recorded my first ad film there only. After we finished R.D. Berman's recording, we stayed back, and these guys came, and they projected their film on the screen, and my first encounter with ad films and where every second counted. It had to be precise, match the film, like the matching the film to music was something I learned from that time. Yeah, very interesting and challenging and quite enjoyed it actually. And slowly, slowly sort of that went off quite successfully. They liked the stuff that I did.
1: What film was this, if you remember? The
0: first? First album. film. Uh, yeah, yeah. Four Square Cigarettes. Okay. And the singer was Sharon Prabhakar. Uh-huh. She sang the jingle. Okay. And I, I didn't have a drum machine there? at that time. So I had told Franco to stay back and play drums. Okay. He also had another experience of matching, like... His drum beats to the film and all that. Quite an experience actually, yeah. But we managed, somehow we managed. Uh, after a while, of course, when we got into drum machines and all that, then it was quite easy to match timings and all that, yeah. Do you but, remember
1: the tune? Or?
0: Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish I could, no, I don't, God. I don't know. So,
1: yeah, that's
0: how you got exposed to the ad ad world and slowly, slowly uh, got some more offers, came in and they must have heard the new guy in town like does ads and all that. Yeah. 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 So, but it's more snowballed to such an extent Mm -hmm. that I was doing many, many ads almost daily in the nights after the recording. But it uh, got to a point where I had to sort of take a decision whether to do ads or to do films. Mm. And money-wise, ads was more lucrative oh, okay. than film, Yeah, because I was, I was the music director. Correct. Yeah, so it was good. So, and sort of, it sort of worked out like that because uh, R.D. Berman's uh, popularity also was... Uh, waning a bit, mm-hmm. and he had less films to do, and stuff like that. So I had more time to do ads, stuff like that. And then slowly, slowly, I stopped doing films. Okay. You yeah. only,
1: you never worked with any other music director? I did.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, once Adi uh, Burman had less work and all that, mm-hmm. uh, Bappi Lahiri offered me, okay. and I did a lot of work with him actually with Bappi Lahiri. And then Lashmi Kanthi R.L.R. I worked with him quite a lot. And the C
1: rock yeah. thing continued or that also? That continued? was
0: continuing. Oh, that was still there. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's quite hectic at times. <laughs> My family would hardly see me. Yeah, that's why it's the time that Gino was born. Never spent much time with Gino mm. in the early days. Really, I didn't have time. Busy from morning till night. Yeah. I to practically live in the studios. Yeah. And uh, all these guys worked with me at that time. Asan, Leslie, mm. Ranjit, all these people. Carl Peters also no. hang around with me in the studio only.
1: How did they get in touch with you? Because like, if today there
0: is... A... I uh, inquired about uh, good musicians. Yeah, that I needed a nice bass player and all that. karl so came in, word spread, drummer and programmer, Leslie came in and guitar player, Esan came in. Asan used to come and sit sit outside waiting for me to right. finish the jingle and talk to him and just okay. give him an opportunity to play. Right.
1: Yeah. So when you selected these young talents at that time to work with you. Was there certain qualities that you saw in them and then decided, yeah, he's good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was those? Yeah, Because even today, you know, the younger musicians, when they approach today's music directors, yeah. what are those qualities that you saw in these boys at that time, which you think, you know, are relevant today?
0: So, uh, one thing, there is skill at the instrument. Yeah, definitely. Their professionalism. Yeah. That's very important because uh, when we did an ad and those guys paid big money for that, everything has to be absolutely on a pro level. Yeah. So, those qualities I wanted from the guys also. Yeah. That is sort of, they came up to that level. And and, uh, expertise on their instrument. Yeah. Yeah. So, these guys showed all that and... uh, we worked with them for a long time, actually. Yeah. True. I discovered other other talent also. Yeah.
1: All of us in our personal lives and work life go through a lot of ups and downs. I'm sure you faced also in, in at many times. Like you had many turning points. There are many points where you feel, "What am I doing? Why am I doing kind of a thing?" So how how did you keep yourself motivated? Because at times you might not have liked the music that you were kind of playing or or working on. But then how do you kind of tell yourself, no, I must go on, I should not give up? How did you keep yourself?
0: So, I developed the, the ability to sort of disconnect. Okay. All these projects that I did came to me, that came to me, I treated them as projects. Okay. Yeah. An ad film you do today and you have to sort of erase it out of your mind. Because you have to go to the next project. So I learned that ability to erase everything that I did and get on to the next project and think fresh and give the best I can for that project without repeating what I've done for the other project. Yeah. So that is a very important factor in this business, really. Yeah, to be able to do that. And even
1: disconnect from problems at home and... This and that
0: and and just focus in the studio is what you usually do. Life was that only. And on the home front, there was no problem. (laughs) There was no problem (laughs) at all. My birthdays, I used to celebrate in the studio. They used to bring the cake to the studio. Oh, (laughs) Wife. (laughs) There's no time. I was working day in and day out. My popularity actually... uh, was an account of me being different, a different kind of musician okay. from the other musicians that were doing jingles at that time. Uh-huh. What because means? of my jazz upbringing. Okay. So because of that, I had a different edge to my compositions and to my arrangements and all that. The jazz edge was the thing actually okay. that separated me from the other, from the crowd. Mm. Yeah. Which I put a lot of that into my ads. Right. Yeah. Whenever I could, I could I would do that, yes. You have, I mean,
1: composed singles for, I mean, ad films, worked on hundreds and thousands of them.
0: Thousands. Thousands. <laughs> Over 8,000, I believe. Okay.
1: <laughs> Any favorites, anything that you remember? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> because today's generation might not have seen television in 80s. So, uh, something that you feel,
0: you know, that you distinctly remember and happy about it. Yeah, I know. God, there were so many. But I think that... Uh, Which are still being played and redone. Most of my... Uh, the signatures that I've created, a lot of them, I still hear them. Yes. Yeah. Britannia. Yeah. And uh, Parleji. And Fruity. And uh, that Cadbury jingles uh, that became very popular, and uh, I mean, I won a lot of awards for that. Mm. My singers won. Shankar Mahadevan sang the tune. Yeah, and uh, the one in which the girl
1: runs into the correct. Yeah,
0: yeah stadium. that I mean, stadium <laughs> became the jingle of the year. Yeah, yes, agree. and so
1: when you made made uh, worked on jingles, when you saw the ad film first, were were you given a brief by the director? Or what did he give you a well, free That's the
0: way I used to work. Yeah. Show me the film. Okay. Send the film. Okay, now give me a brief and what you are looking for. Yeah. And once they did that, I would tell them, now go out for a smoke. <laughs> and I am just going to work on this. Okay. And I will call you in. Okay. did not yeah. sit on your head? and No. Okay. And they would come and I would play them. And nine times out of ten, they would approve. But there was always that, ah, oh, no, there was a, Uh, I remember one of the directors, I mean, to do all his jingles, Pralat Kakkar. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: He's a crazy guy. But uh, a great film director, great. uh, uh, He said, he would confess, I don't know anything about music. Mm -hmm. I don't know what works, what music works with this. But uh, when I see it, Mm -hmm. when I hear it and I see my film, I'll, I'll know whether it's working or not. I don't, anything about music, what style and all that, I don't know. Mm. But if you play it with me along with my film, I'll know if it works and all that. So he would come to the recording studio and most of the time we'd be sleeping while I was working. Mm. (laughs) And then he would wake up and say, Louis, have you got it? Mm. Uh, Play me, let me hear. And I would play it. I don't like it. Try not. (laughs) Try something else. Oh, God. (laughs) He's quite a guy. Yeah. Uh, But I did a lot of work for him Mm. till he came to a stage that he sort of accepted uh, my work so much that he wouldn't even come for the recordings. You just send the film and told his guys, you just give it to Louis, let him write, let him record and you bring it back. So, he had that kind of confidence in me.
1: You used to knock out a
0: jingle in how many how much time I mean you know, those days I used
1: to spend time
0: then yeah I have about two three hours I used to do three four jingles a day I mean it was like a card like a factory. doctor's <laughs> clinic in a <the> factory <laughs> client is waiting outside for the other client to go and they would come in like it was that kind of a thing yeah and you were able to switch off switch on the different yeah I learned a lot about writing stuff yeah to match, match visuals, you know, okay. and the write precise stuff that goes into seconds and all that. So about okay. 15 years I did that yeah. and then over 8,000 jingles and all that. And then I slowed down because I still remember they gave me the Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> okay. I still remember. Strangely, after this, it's a very, this award is a quite a strange award actually. Once you get it, hmm. your sort of career goes downhill a little bit. Yeah. Like they're saying that, okay, now we are giving you this award of lifetime, which means you've done great work throughout your life. <laughs> now slow down and give others a chance. chance. <laughs> <laughs> now stop. Like, <laughs> it's like you've done enough, them. yeah. <laughs> so like, thank you very much. And thank you very much. Yeah. And I wanted to do more jazz. At that time, yeah, I was even touring, I did some tours, yeah, in the 80s, I I did the European tour with Sangam band, yeah, two months, two months touring, over 50 concerts, yeah, it was great, yeah, all that happened during that time only, yeah, and the jazz yatras used to happen almost every year, every two years I used to play at the jazz yatras, yeah. Then I formed my silk band with Shankar Mahadeva and Sivamani and all that. And we did so many tours with that band. Yeah. So all that was happening while the jingle scene was happening and that started sort of sort of slowing down and and film work was I was hardly doing. And then I got a couple of films to do on my own also.
1: Okay. Yeah. As a, so as songs? a music director.
0: Okay. It's all yeah. Yeah, but it was not really commercial films though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did a lot of background music for a lot of films. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but songs, no. Okay. And I did a lot of art films, mm-hmm. yeah, arty films. And. Uh, but uh, my main passion of writing jazz and playing jazz, that was there uppermost in my mind always. It's always. And then when everything else started slowing down and all the commercial work yep. was lessened, I put my efforts into recording albums. Yeah, yeah. So that's why now we have so many albums. Yeah. yeah. And so many are in the pipeline. We are always recording now and uh, I'm getting inspired by my son Gino, who's pushing me and say, Dad, record all your stuff. Yeah, and this is the time to do it. So I get very motivated by Gino. And that's what I'm doing now and bringing out all the compositions that I have as recordings, as albums. Yeah, leave behind something for the next generation.
1: Speaking of compositions, what do you find to be the most difficult part in a composition and why? When you're thinking of a song or a track, how do you kind of start building it and uh, what is the part which you feel is the toughest to crack and once it's done you know that now I'm on it
0: uh, so that's uh, what we call is the doodling okay. I doodle on the piano so that means uh, without thinking anything like specific I just play on pian- piano and uh, and then try out different harmonic progressions and lines and all that. And when I'm doing all that, suddenly a couple of lines hit me like. Okay. And I stop and I repeat those lines and that becomes my starting point for the composition. Yeah. No no lyrics in mind. No lyrics in mind. Yeah. When I have when I have lyrics specific, that's mm. different. That's the projects yeah when the lyrics come in. Okay. But these are no no not connected to the lyrics at all. Yeah. It's just tunes that I like to write. Some are up tunes, some are slow tunes. And uh, so, by doodling and finding a couple of motifs that suddenly uh, hit a note in my head, you know, a light sort of yeah, yeah. burns, yeah, and then I take that as a sign and then I develop that into a full composition. Okay. It's always like that. Okay. It's always been like that, yeah. Sometimes you may not even get it. Ah, uh, sometimes not even get it. Correct, absolutely, absolutely correct. Yeah, like I said, mm, when I have to do a project or and write something special, specific, uh, I always say that uh, no, there is no time to wait for the muse to descend on you. <laughs> I just grab the muse and drag him down, <laughs> and then create something. You know, yeah.
1: You've been labelled as the godfather of jazz in <laughs> India. Uh, we have like in food, like we just spoke of food, Indian Chinese, you know? The oh. China, the Indian flavours given to Chinese preparations. Do we have something like Indian jazz also?
0: Is there... So, my fusion music is that only. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the starting point is the rag. So, I take a rag, but then, I'm not a trained classical musician. So I don't follow the rules and nuances and uh, traditions connected with that rag. Okay. I don't follow that because I don't know it. I'm just taking that rag as a scale. But being an Indian rag, it has that sound. Yeah. Indian sound, which I like. And from that, I create my melodies so that I think I guess you can call that Indian jazz really mm-hmm. yeah and from uh, from that I build my harmonies also from the same notes yeah mm-hmm. and some and uh, because uh, jazz music jazz music is so chromatic it's chromatic it's not linear and modal it's
1: improvisation
0: also improvisation absolutely but uh, this, uh, the composition factor is that uh, a rag is a modal scale. So those notes cannot be changed. Yeah. You are doing a Bhairavi, you, yeah. right. you have to stay with those notes. You doing a Todi, you have to stay with those notes. If you change it then, I mean, it is not allowed. And right. it will sound different also, yeah. Have you broken it's, the it's mold just, uh, in your compositions? Do you break that mold or do you change the rules? So, in the arrangement, in the composition, no, I don't change it. Yeah. Okay. So all my uh, fusion compositions, now if it's a tori, then the uh, the composition is in tory only. Okay. With the notes of the tory. Okay. But during the arrangement of the whole song, I will create a section where I will digress, go into jazz harmonies. Okay. And this is, I've always followed this just to, because we are jazz musicians and uh, we think chromatic. Yeah. So, sometimes we don't like to stay too much with the mode. That same mode right through the piece. Mm -hmm. It's very limiting and restricting for us as jazz musicians. So, uh, and who concurred with me and felt the same way was John McLaughlin. He's saying, his tunes also, it follows the mode the tune is absolutely following the rag, yeah. but he will create a section, a bridge section and he calls it the Lotus Chords, okay. where he, he goes into jazz harmonies. He will digress into jazz harmonies and then smoothly come back to the original. I also like to do that very much. Okay. Okay. So we are both on the same wavelength on that really. Right. Yeah. Because as jazz musicians otherwise, you know, it's very difficult for us just to stay in that because very limiting actually. Mm. Very, How much can you do with seven notes? Just seven notes and you cannot touch any other note, you know, that's very limiting for us. Right. Because we like to play chromatic and dissonances and extended chords and things like that. We love all that and sure. jazz is full of all that. Yeah. Harmonic extensions and all that. So we have to create sections then and then come back to the... Yeah. So, my th- uh, theory and that practice also is that when I am playing with the Indian musicians, first rule, these guys have to know what they are doing. They have to be absolutely competent classical musicians mm-hmm. first. And then, secondly, they have to have a very open mind to music. Mm-hmm. So, they must not say, oh God, he touched the wrong note. Like I mean, that kind of feeling must not come on to them. They have to accept this new section where we take away from the original modes and do something else and then come back. So what I want them to do is always, they are classical musicians, so they stay with the classical idiom. Yeah. I don't want them to sing jazz. Okay. Yeah. So when Shankar sings with us, his solos are all based on that rag. doesn't digress from there. When I play, I will play something else in a jazz manner and then we'll create. So my uh, tunes are mostly, I play an introduction uh, which is based on, on the mode, the rag. Then the main melody is also based on the rag. The classical improvisation is based on the rag. But my section, bridge section, Goes to a Western harmonic progression, and then we come back to another point. Sometimes where we create riffs based on the rag, where both of us can play the same thing together. Mm. Things like that. Okay. So that's the kind of a pattern I create. Yeah. Okay. In my all my fusion compositions. Yeah.
1: So we can call this Indian jazz, so to speak.
0: Yeah, so to speak, yeah, Yeah. I guess you can, Mm.
1: yeah. You are 74 years old. Yeah. uh, And you still are showing so much energy and enthusiasm in organizing uh, International Jazz Day at Blue Frog for the last two years. How, I mean, people of my age or generation who are working in corporates want to retire at 35, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you've been kind of playing music the last 40, 50 years, maybe more.
0: And what is it that I that keeps the, you? It's the power of music, actually. Yeah, it's the power of music, actually. Really, it's that only.
1: Yeah. Maybe you found the right and, connect to your the purpose of
0: life for absolutely, yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you said it. Yeah, actually, it's that only. Yeah. And then without it, uh, without music, sort of, I I, I don't exist actually. It's not possible, actually. Yeah, that what it keeps me going. And then uh, musicians don't retire, actually. Yeah, okay. they just go on and on uh, till their health permits. Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, Oscar Peterson, even when his left hand got paralyzed, he gave a concert with his right hand only on piano. I mean, that's that's a kind of. That's the kind. of uh, Roy Haynes in his 90s right now still playing. So, it's, it's I don't know, it's some kind of inspiration and uh, power that you get from music that just keeps you going. Really, yeah. Yeah. really thankful for that. I mean, really thankful to God for that, yeah. It's also, uh, like you rightly said, the vibes that
1: You got in the studio or with other musicians also helped. Like Adi Baman wanted good vibes in the studio, and that's what kept him also kind of motivated. Today's times, we have a lot of young keyboardists. I won't say they're pure piano players, but they're keyboardists who are exposed to computers, who are exposed to software, and you know, doing things much easier and maybe on their own, not as a team. Yeah, what would you advise such young musicians to do so that they also have a long-lasting career?
0: First thing I would say is master computers, yeah. But uh, don't be a slave to it, yeah. Use it as a tool, yeah. Always use computers as a tool, but make you make the music. The musician must make the music, not the computer. Absolutely. Computers there to uh, to uh, expose you to newer dimensions of sound and yeah, that helps you. I mean you have a, with computers and uh, all these keyboards of today, you have an orchestra at your fingertips actually, but, and alone you can create orchestral works. yeah, which is a great thing actually. But once you let the computer do the composing, then it's, it's it's not a good thing, actually. Yeah. So, don't be a slave to computer. You are the master. Use the computer to your advantage. Really, absolutely.
1: Yeah. In terms of their playing, what is it that? What techniques should they learn?
0: Or that's why I believe in really acoustic instruments. Okay. That's where it is actually. Uh, you master your technique on acoustic instruments. Yeah. Yeah. And practice. Practice is, I mean, in one word, it's practice. Yeah. And uh, don't be sort of motivated. Don't equate music with uh, money. Okay. Yeah. Once you start equating art with money, revenue, and all that, I think the essence of art will just really fall apart. Definitely, definitely. In time, it will just fall apart, yeah. And I see a lot of that happening today with youngsters, where it's very easy to make music with computers now. With today's technology, I mean, it's unbelievable what the end result is. I mean, you can't believe what the end result is. I mean, youngsters are making such fantastic music. But the thing is, they are not making it. The computer is making it. They are only putting it together. They are so clever and, you know, skillful in doing that. And But that's not the real thing. Yeah. The reality is missing over there. Is it why you think the songs of today are very short-lived and...
1: Like attention coffee.
0: span is short-lived, short-lived. Songs are short-lived, and it's yeah, it's like what is it? Instant coffee, fast food. Right. Yeah, all that has seeped in into the culture. Really, attention span has dropped. Yeah, nobody wants to listen to a song that will go on for 15 minutes. They don't have the time for that. Yeah, yeah, they cannot concentrate that much. Hardly anybody listens to music, like, with their eyes closed, with full concentration on everything that's happening in the music.
1: In spite of having the best of headphones today and best
0: of phones and whatnot. I know. So, acoustic instruments is the key, actually. Yeah. Keyboarders must learn to play piano first. Yeah. And drummers must lay drums, yeah, acoustic drums, yeah, definitely, they can fool around with electronics, but that's the real thing, yeah, it's always been like that, yeah, the great masters, nobody played computers, yeah, yeah, really. You briefly just touched upon
1: right now uh, by saying instant coffee, today's music kind of a thing, but You as an independent musician, nothing to do with film line. You were doing pretty okay in Nepal, Calcutta, in your times. So you were not playing for films as such. Today's times, Bollywood has become maybe, I mean, Hindi film music has become so big and has penetrated through different forms and mediums. Absolutely. So today's independent musician somehow feels that I have to play for Bollywood to survive. I mean, I know. you Theory You did a, it with invitation. I mean, something invited you. Today it's like, I have to be a part of this to survive. You know, in terms of...
0: It's frightening, actually. It's, 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 For it's a nightmare, actually. Yeah. Yeah,
1: independent musicians, what do you think, This, what what needs to be done to change the scene, to improve things to what they were in your younger days, when music was thriving, different forms of music were thriving?
0: The is everything is so revenue-driven today. Everybody wants to make money. Yeah. Thereby, for independent musicians, the only resources, recourses for daily earning and to make some money is to get into polymorphic music and where the work is regular and the payment is regular and uh, Otherwise, independent music seen as it is, the CD music business has come down. Yeah. outlets. Not no, there really are hardly any outlets. Uh,
1: restaurants not having. Restaurants
0: bands. don't have bands. Either they have a DJ. Yeah. Who's just playing recorded music, and uh, what else is happening? Mm-hmm. Radio. Not much is happening in radio also. Uh, they're playing mostly Bollywood music, and it's mass-driven, mass-oriented. And uh, what is it? CD music business has come down, with no sales are happening.
1: Yeah. Now, in your case also, in your journey, you also found Bollywood as a good support for daily income. But in the evenings, you had the freedom of going to a C rock and playing, and then there were so many outlets outlet at that time. time. There is no more,
0: there is no more that,
1: yeah. So, for today, it's so difficult for, you know, somebody to say that I want to follow music as a full-time career, he has to… It's it's tough, it's tough, it's really tough. But But it's it's good that you, as a senior, are curating these jazz days, you Mm -hmm. know, for even the audiences to come and listen to some different forms of music. You feel the industry, musicians, the ones who are at the top with the money, I'm talking about the Bollywood guys can can set a different path for the youngsters to follow or for listeners to get exposed to different forms of music instead of what is happening today would you think there's any possibility of the musicians that changing happening. the scene yeah like you doing it at your end
0: yeah i think it's to be self driven really yeah and uh, the youngsters actually should take, take a stand uh, People like my son and uh, Sheldon and all these people mm. Are thinking differently, which is a good thing And uh, when you have more youngsters like these Who are thinking different And who are not totally motivated by And inspired by the music that comes out of Bollywood They want to do something more different And something more artistic More long-lasting so if they have we have more of these youngsters doing this then the other youngsters will get inspired okay. me at my age i i i get inspired by these youngsters yeah okay. and i want to work with them all the time really yeah they drive me actually so i think that's the key these these boys should continue what they're doing listening to different music and Uh, bringing back the glory of other genres of music that used to happen. And and that is currently happening abroad. There's a whole sense of balance of musical genres abroad, which is so nice over here. It's not there. Yeah. Bollywood is dominating and that's hybrid music as commercial music. Uh, it's fast food music, sensational music, that sort of titillates, and yeah, the masses, and uh, not long lasting, mm-hmm. and so I'm hoping that the key is the youngsters. Actually, they must change. They don't change, it's very difficult to really, and uh, and. I'm not losing hope actually. Yeah, I'm quite optimistic and I can see some of these youngsters are doing things differently. So that's uh, that's very good actually, yeah. And I'm hoping more will start doing that and they get to inspire others also. And uh, the scene will change into a kind of a balanced format where all genres are respected and good music is respected. Serious music is listened to. Yeah, I am hoping for that scenario yeah. to happen.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much for spending so yes, much time with us. was lovely talking to you, Aditya. Yeah. Really. And uh, thank you
0: for your music. <laughs> thank you.